0: Welcome, sport fans,
1: to another edition of... No, dude! That That does not fit. What do you want to do? Let's party! It's Duck's Game. <laughs> on
0: 1080 The Fan. This is The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate, presented by Buster's Barbecue. Buster's dry-rubbed, slow-smoked meats are so tender and tasty, they'll bring out the Texan in you. For real-deal barbecue, check out Buster'sBarbecue.com. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins, on 1080 The Fan, the Radio.com app, and 1080TheFan.com. Well, that's a fun intro. That's about one-fourth, right? Uh, Ducks game was yesterday, so it's kind of the tailgate show. It's the post. It's always Ducks Ducks game 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 day, Rashad. I mean, says the Beavers fan over here, you know. So, (laughs) But uh, if you can tell, like you said, Rashad, so that means the other center is here. Are you the center on this show?
1: So I'm the saint, and the only reason I'm the saint is because uh, I'm an insufferable pescatarian. And so okay. I let everybody know it. All I do is eat fish,
0: and you're not a drinker. No, you're, I don't drink. Not, yeah, you don't do you know no. you don't do the weed and everything like that. Mm-mm. So you really are the well, I'm for sure the center in this group then. So I guess so. Yes, and it is the black guy from Sports Sunday filling in for my guy uh, Luke Anderson as he's out. I don't where did Luke go? Uh, I think he's in California discovering himself. Oh, okay, been there. Yeah, you right. Know. Yeah, you know, someone somewhere cool. You know, just. Maybe doing some peyote somewhere in the, in the you know, in, in a nice little secluded area. Now, does it appear on your business card, black guy from Sports Sunday? Yes, it does. It says it on the back in really small writing on, on the bottom. That's interesting. That's how I introduce myself sometimes. You know, it's like, hey, I'm uh, from Sports <laughs> Sunday. You're Lynch? No, I'm the black guy. <laughs> oh, okay. You're that one. So, no, but most people, I you, i think I'm the. I'm I'm the black guy here. Is that, I, mean, yeah, not, no not, black I don't think anybody actually calls me that. But, no. yeah, I'm pretty sure as far as all the hosts, I can't. No, no, you
1: know, I, no. I, I, uh, Marcus,
0: is, Marcus is gone. Well, yeah, uh, Marcus
1: Greaves has gone to Better Pastures. He's now working at Coin. Nigel and
0: was here for a while. Nigel Burton
1: know. was here. Sports, uh, whatever that was, football night or something. Whatever. You but know, yeah. it's not very hard to name sports shows. It's football night, sports football Sunday. Night. You know how many
0: sports Sundays there are? I've been talking to boss man. I'm going to talk to boss man about maybe we should think of a cool name. You know how many sports Sundays and football Sundays I see every Sunday watching TV, you know, especially towards the evening. So, yeah, maybe it's maybe a cool name. Well, let me tell you something. You guys have the best sports Sunday. You're probably right. Our sports Sunday is pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. Right right now it's football Sunday. So we're only about, you Mm. know, college and, you know, NFL. We're going to talk some XFL Neverly, really? no. Oh, never no? going to talk XFL. Um, Why would anybody ever talk XFL?
1: Now we'll probably get into Antonio Brown a little bit later because there were a couple of updates that have happened recently that he's basically saying I want to, I, I want to play football again. Like I'm begging people, Vince here.
0: McMahon, you know, call him up. I'm you sure think, he would love uh, somebody like Antonio Brown.
1: You really think that Antonio Brown would play in the XFL? Well, at here's
0: all? the thing, uh, Vince McMahon just got like a billion dollars because they just moved like their SmackDown show to Fox. And so Fox literally gave them a billion dollars for like four years. So he's got the money. And if there's, what other way could you sell tickets if you're Vince McMahon and say, hey, we got the best receiver in football playing for us. So it's a short season. I think it'd be like 10 games or something stupid like that. So I could see it. He wants to play football again. I don't think it's going to be in the NFL. No time soon. But one of my favorite
1: parts about the XFL is uh, when Vince McMahon launched it, he goes, this is going to be a league of integrity.
0: That's a good Vince voice too.
1: That's no, not bad. No. I just need some roids. Yeah, a whole lot of them.
0: But he goes, this is going to be a
1: league of integrity. I'm not going to take criminals. I'm not going to take any of that stuff. And I was like, dude, then you're not going to have athletes. Yeah, yeah, for real. Because, all, like, I think For all quarters the criminals, them, yeah, they're are, yeah, really they're great criminals. athletes.
0: Like, yeah. all the guys I knew from my football team, like high school and mm-hmm. stuff like that, man, these dudes were dope, you yeah. know, when it came to playing football or basketball. But I'll you know, be real, some of them were kind of... Yeah, don't cross them. Yeah, this is one of those things, man. So, yes, if you're not going to have the goons play, you're probably not going to have a very good team. You can't have a team full of choir boys. It just doesn't work like that.
1: Well, you know, I think about it, too, like in football, because you think about some of the most aggressive and best players in football history, and the one that always goes to my mind was Lawrence Taylor.
0: LT, I was just thinking about him this morning. Not like that, but yeah. LT, the fact that
1: that guy has been charged for cocaine more times than, you know, I've had a cup of coffee and that he was so aggressive and so just finite on the field in terms of detail and everything. I can't think of another guy that is that aggressive that doesn't have a criminal record or is is kind of like kind of a jerk.
0: Have you ever met someone on Coke? Have you ever seen how they function and how they operate? You can get a lot of stuff done when you're on cocaine. It's almost that's almost like a performance enhancer, if you ask me, man. They don't sleep they stay up all night you can get all your chores done you can get all your work done whatever mm-hmm. the case is so it yeah. doesn't shock me Michael Irvin again another guy who played high on coke a lot of his career and he'll How tell do you, you know about, that well he's i mean they've, they've written books you know about the cowboys and done some other stuff so yeah it's out there Michael Irvin will tell you he 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 used to kick it but as hard as he kicked it like when he came to the game laser focused like that's that's kind of what it does for for some people it just kind of keeps you up
1: you know that's what all I've heard I'm going to laser focus us back to the Oregon Ducks last night.
0: Uh, speaking of laser focus, nice segue, because it's exactly what Mario Cristobal and company were doing. And make sure you interact with us on the Better You Today text line 55305. You can get at me on Twitter. I'm at TaylorMade503. He's at WillDarkins33. And so typically I don't. we don't really have a lot of people shadow anyone, but someone came to shadow the great Will Darkens today. And so i got my girl Lainey Eric. She's sitting right across from me. It would be weird to not mention the fact that somebody's right across from me. Yeah, that's fair.
2: Lainey,
1: you can speak into the mic. You're popped.
2: Oh, hey, guys.
0: Yeah, see? Yeah, Lainey's here. You can get her on – Was it Instagram at uh, at Lainey Erickson? Is that right? Yes, Yes, absolutely. But she's sitting here. We might. She's might chime in every now and then. You know, to 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 say some stuff.
1: Okay. So here's the thing. Lainey is a freshman at Central Washington, and she plays volleyball. And this is what it's this is what it's all about right here, Lainey. Is getting on the air and shamelessly promoting whatever it is you need to promote. Bingo. That's why people do interviews. Um, it's why I get on the air. I shamelessly promote the fact my diet's better than everybody's.
0: I talk about my mixtape that's coming up all yeah. the
1: time. Yeah. It's been coming up for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to shamelessly plug here? I mean, just whatever.
2: Shamelessly?
1: Yeah. Just Do you have something that's totally about you that... It doesn't have to do with anything we're talking about right now, but you're just gonna fit it in.
2: Um, to hype myself up, I guess. Is yeah. that what you're looking
1: for? Yeah,
0: yeah. Go for it.
2: Um, you know, I'm single right now.
0: There it is. Five five three zero five.
2: Yeah, definitely into football boys, college football boys. You know, over six foot would be preferable.
0: Yeah, she doesn't want Julian Edelman. No. Well, I mean, what? Julian Edelman's he's not—he's not over six foot, but he's a pretty attractive dude. No, yeah? he's not. What? Man, he's got the got the cool beard and the cool like hipster haircut. What are you
1: there? into guys with beards?
0: Kinda, yeah. yeah. I'm not. A little bit. I yeah. was more
1: into Edelman when he was shaved, but you know, Edelman too, you look at those arms and they're they're big. They're good. Yeah. But
2: Love big arms.
1: Yeah. Love big
0: arms. Yeah. Let's take my jacket off in here. <laughs> Show everybody these, these guns that I've been working on. <laughs> Not really. So, yeah. The, I was going to say where. <laughs> no, they're there. They're I just, t- you oh, know. They're there. After, if I shave my stomach and arms and stuff, I'll look exactly like, you know, like a Greek guy. Almost kind of like, you ever seen Herschel Walker? Yeah. Just like that.
1: Yeah. So, it's yeah. a process. you got to shave.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shave okay. and do about a million push-ups. You know, spend five, six, seven hours in the gym every day for the next five years, and I'll look exactly. Eat a like can that. of tuna every day. Yes, which I mean, gross, but every day. I don't know. I don't. There's. I. I don't. I can't. I don't have the. What's the word? The discipline to be like a bodybuilder or have the body like Herschel Walker. Like you have to really be disciplined.
1: Man. Well, like Amy is currently a college athlete right now. She yeah. plays volleyball.
2: Volleyball at Central, yes.
0: Oh, so how long have you played uh, volleyball?
2: Well, I'm a, well, I've played since I was a seventh grader, actually, so a long time.
0: So what
1: encompasses your diet? Is it a Phelps thing where it's like you're working out four times, or I'm sorry, four hours a day, and then you just, just eat whatever, or is it like they have you on some nutrition plan?
2: They have us have um, weights Monday, through Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and mm-hmm. then eating-wise, it's just we have to eat healthier just because volleyball players don't run as much as like your basketball players and other stuff so it's a lot of skill work rather than working out
0: what's the hardest part of you know kind of look like because we we think about college sports and you think about the fun right it's Mm -hmm. just all the things you're going to do and the fact you're going to play sports all day every day what's the hardest part the biggest misconception people have about a college athlete and your schedule or whatever the case is
2: uh college athletes especially for school I think people think that uh they get it easier like they get T- or Teachers will give them um, like leeway, whereas it's a freaking grind.
0: So you don't so have someone doing your work for you? We
2: don't. It's well, a lot of work.
1: Well, I just I want to I want to help you out it. a little bit because you're a freshman and I, I played at Oregon State. And I yeah. just want to say that it does get Shameless better. Plug. People people start doing work for you. It's pretty oh, great.
2: I'm waiting for that moment. I think that's a football player thing. It was, I don't think volleyball it,
1: girls. Did it, that. it took a little bit of time, but eventually people started giving me stuff for free and it was great. And I, I didn't tell anyone about it until now. I'm not going to say specifically who gave it to me or what it was. We'll but... talk
0: about it during the break though. Cause well, yeah. I definitely want names, you know, if that's point. Well, yeah. that's neither here nor there. I'm not there. writing a book at all. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm just saying the freebies are coming.
2: I'm excited for it.
0: Especially if you're good. Especially <laughs> yes. if, you, and if you end up being really good. Yeah, the freebies <laughs> yeah. are absolutely coming. I wasn't even that good, and they still got freebies. Yeah, well, well, speaking of things that aren't good, Colorado's defense was absolutely awful yesterday, and we're going to talk about Oregon's big win, 45-3, when we come back right here on the Center on the Saint on the fan. You're listening to the soothing sounds of Tracy Murray, or Tracy, uh, uh, Tracy Morgan, is that who's singing? This is Bismarck Key. Biz Marquee sounds like, you know, I can definitely hear Tracy Morgan in his voice. I thought it was him. Well, um, now that you're saying it, it makes me think they do sound like. Yeah, a little bit. You know, if you ever heard Biz talk, he sounds a little bit like Tracy Morgan. But, man, Biz Marquee, man, one of the more underrated... Guys in, in hip hop, nobody ever talks a legend, you know. Especially when from the beatbox, like Biz Markie is one to so one. Well, he's the only person
1: I've ever heard in my life that sounds like they're constantly talking and eating cereal at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, his he has a weird face, a weird mouth. Yeah, but,
1: yeah. yeah, he's a weird guy.
0: Oh well, well, last night, man, the Ducks come out and pretty much lay the smackdown on Colorado. Ducks win 45 to three. In a convincing win, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Uh, for me, the, the the one thing I really took away from this game, and I didn't watch the entire game. I'll be real, like right around the third quarter when the game really started getting away from Colorado, I was like, okay, I think I'm done. We don't, I don't, I can't stick around to watch blowouts. That's not fun for me. You know, like it's just there's something about watching another team not really try and another team kind of celebrate every, it was just one of those things. So I turned it off, but that wasn't before we saw uh uh, a C.J. Verdell sighting. Who knew that guy could still play football, right? Like I'm seriously, he hasn't. He's there. Have been. I think this is the sixth game of the season for the Ducks mm. at this point. Mm. Uh, for five of them, he was non-existent. Uh, this is his first game that he's gone over a hundred yards on the ground, and he had 171 yards on 14 carries. No touchdowns though, but still, this is the first time you've seen a Ducks offense that reminds you of a Ducks offense. You know, the, the, we've been looking. We kind of talked about it before the show. Mario Cristobal, the, the, the one thing he's bought into Eugene is almost an SEC mentality and the fact that we're going for big guys up front. We're going to for kind of bruising, you know, running backs. We're going for big guys up front on defense. You know, they just want to get bigger and tougher. And so far it's worked. Arguably the best offensive line in football. Um, arguably one of the uh, top 10, you know, defense in in all of college football. So the Ducks are doing, you know, everything right. But with that, sometimes that means you're going to see a lot of 21 to 7 games. You know, if you look at Alabama, they, when they have a, you know, 21 to 4 or 21 to, you know, 7 victory over Arkansas, you know, it's just a good Alabama win. You know, nobody talks about the fact that they didn't put up a lot of points because Alabama's not used to putting up 72 points a game. We're used to seeing that from the Ducks. We've become – kind of spoiled in in that aspect as far as knowing that the ducks are going to put up a, an astronomical amount of points every single week but now you're seeing them win games and they're winning you know 21 to 7 but this was the first time this defense or excuse me this offense uh really since the second week when they played the Derek Zoolander, Center for Kids, Kids Who Can't Read Good. This is the first time that I've seen this offense um, look like it's supposed to, or we we're used to seeing it look like. I won't say like it's supposed to look, but like we're used to seeing. It. So
1: all the storylines of this game, and I totally agree with you, the fact that Mario Cristobal has just formed this team into a solid offense that for the most part save your offensive coordinator, because that's probably the one glaring problem that you have on this team. It's just consistent. They know what to do. And if you have receivers that actually catch the ball, you're going to score even more points. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be an even bigger embarrassment. But I thought all the storylines happened in the first half. Uh, that's not because I fell asleep at the start of the second half and then woke up and it was mid third quarter and they were blowing them out. And then I went to bed Yeah, nothing to do with that. Yeah. Cause that didn't happen. Um, but you had four storylines, right? You had the drops, which there were, Tremendous amount Quite of drops few. for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, man, he was putting it on a string. There were some Michael Johnson drops that happened last night that just kind of worried you a little bit heading further into the season. You also had the injuries. J- uh, Jacob Breland, we don't know the That's status. Tough. That's yeah, tough. Yeah, that was a huge, tough moment, and especially if you were watching it on TV and you saw Breland come back out in the crutches, that was a little depressing. The third storyline that happened in the first half was that friggin', uh goal line stand. At the end of the first half, before the Ducks went to their two-minute drill, which is the last kind of storyline of the first half, they literally just put together this amazing goal line stand that was you know, capped off by an incredible interception in the end zone. So I think you had four super solid things that happened with this team in a game that you expected them to win, and they did win, and they won convincingly.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I think the the one of the things was uh, the storylines that – we were kind of talking about on football Sunday was the Steven Montez effect. Mm. uh, Steven Montez is somebody that you if you remember his very first college start was against the ducks. It was awesome. And he he came in and completely stunned Oregon and they beat them. And I can't remember what the score of that game was, but it wasn't like a convincing win, but it was one of those things like they won like on a, on a field goal. I believe it was to to win that game. And he
1: cursed those alternate uniforms. Oh my
0: gosh. The Donald's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's right.
1: Yeah. Where they had the, uh, he was the, the uniforms were all Donald Duck, yeah, where they, they had, had the, the duck feet. on the yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I remember that, and so can't wear those anymore. Those are those are those are terrible. But that's how Steven Montez's career was really started, and so for him to come in the Otsen and for them to really put it on him like that, that defense put so much pressure on Montez that they 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 forced him to make bad decisions. You know, yeah. the the entire night they were physical with him the whole time, and I think when you're physical with the quarterback, it's almost like I always say about Tom Brady, if you want him to make mistakes, it's not so much about sacking him, but it's more so getting in his face and making him really, really uncomfortable, and that's exactly what they did to Steven Montez.
1: Well, and it's a credit to Andy Avalos too, because what they were able to do was look at when Montez was most effective, which was rolling to his right. Whenever he rolls to his right and he can move around and he can get some space, he'll make plays because he's got good feet and he's got a good enough arm. He was able to put Kayvon Thibodeau on that right side he was able to adjust him to whatever side of the field was more open and say look dude I'm going to put speed on this side and if you really want to run out there and start throwing and trying to play hero you can go ahead and do it but you're going to be chased down by the number one recruit in the country last year and a dude that every single game keeps getting better had two sacks last game and seems to be uh, becoming a huge defensive force in the pac 12 so I think you know again that's all the more credit to their planning. That's all the more credit to their game planning and everything. And I think that too is just something that you have to look at as a a positive. If you are a duck fan is the fact that the coaching is finally able to come out. We were a little worried, I think as just an Oregon sports fan base after that Auburn game, because if you have a 17 point lead at halftime and then you blow it in the second half, that speaks to coaching, not the players. It just doesn't. It means that you didn't adjust at the half at halftime, and you didn't see what was coming. But really, with this game again, you know we're, we're going to harp it all day today. Is that you should have won? You won convincingly. Now it's on to the biggest rivalry you're probably going to have.
0: No, yeah, this and nobody is really surprised that they won. I think it's in the the fashion in which they won. Yeah. Uh, this year, you're not used to seeing this team put up that many points. So for them to put up 45 points, uh, especially against a, a quarterback that it's pretty well respected uh, within the Pac-12. Maybe not nationally, but I think within the Pac-12, you know uh, how good that quarterback is. But there's some guys that really should get a lot of uh, a lot of credit. I Man, Jalen Red, mm. uh, Jalen Red has had a touchdown in every game except for the Auburn
1: game. And who would have thought he'd be Herbert's number one receiver? Too? No Because
0: he's a converted running back. No, and he's short. If, if you look at him, he's short. He's kind of stubby. He's definitely not the type that, <laughs> that you're looking for. But, you know, he's, it's just one of those arms? things. Oh, uh, they, they might be pretty. He's a running back. So there's a good chance that they're, they're pretty ginormous, man. So
1: either that or his thighs are. Yeah. I don't running know. backs
0: I, always have those big. I don't big think ladies are in the thighs, thighs, are they? Yeah, no thighs. yeah. I didn't think so. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Go ahead, Lenny. What were you going to say? Oh, I was
2: just going to say thighs. I don't know. Yeah. More have an arms
0: gal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. if I that's think something most that... women
1: I've met, are, yeah. which is why I had horrible luck for so long, dude, yeah, until I, I met a woman, my beautiful wife, who loves my thighs.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if a woman's ever looked at a dude and was like, oh, he thick. <laughs> like I like those thighs. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. But
1: you mean like she looked at him and was like, "Okay, I like those arms, Ooh, but, but pull those thighs? shorts up. Yeah. But them
0: thighs though. Yeah, I need no. to see. Turn around. Not, not, not really. I almost guarantee he's not. But as a receiver so far. He's been, man, big thick thighs and all. He's been (laughs) really, really good uh, for Justin Herbert, and that's the guy. That was the game last night for me that really showed how good Herbert was. And even still, he only had two... Uh, passing touchdowns Dude, he uh, should have had more. He should have had way drops more. Drops in
1: the end zone, but drops at midfield. I mean, there were drops everywhere. And then you did, the fact that Jacob Breeland went out so early, I think also contributed to a lack of production that he oh, had yeah. in the second half, because you know that's his safety valve. Yeah, that's, that's it, where he goes when he's starting to feel pressure, and rightfully so. And by the way, that's also an incredible attribute of great quarterbacks in the NFL, is that you can spot out, you can identify, and you can effectively use safety valves that you have. Is, Look is, at dudes like Romo with Jason Witt. Witten. Oh He yeah. used Witten all the time when he got into trouble. And so
0: you see that with Herbert, and you go, bound to be a pro. You look at, you know, obviously, you know, a relationship between Gronkowski and Brady, but yeah. also Travis Kelsey and mm. uh, you. Mahomes, yeah. Yeah, the MVP, who yeah. I'm spacing on his name right now. But, yes, Tra- uh, Mahomes, these are guys that they're always open. Like, there's certain guys, especially the tight end position, like, they always just seem to be, like, wide open. Like, mm. I don't know who, who leaves Travis Kelsey Or Breeland or or any of these guys just super open like that, but they always seem to just find creases and find ways to get open. So not having him there uh, is definitely an issue. But Justin Herbert's pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. I think that's the thing that separates him from the other quarterbacks. We've been talking a lot about Trevor Lawrence. This year hasn't been great to Trevor Lawrence, but his team is winning, so who cares? You know, but – the fact that this guy can make every single throw. There was you mentioned all the drops. There was a throw that he had. I was I want to say it was at the end of the first quarter or maybe the end of the second quarter where he uh, saw his guy at the back of the end zone, mm. and he and and he, the receiver just dropped it. Yeah. Like that's a sure enough touchdown. But to be able to put it there in that spot over the defender, put it right in his in his guy's hands, and his his receiver dropped it. That showed a lot about the type of you know passer that he actually is. Some dangerous dangerous passes that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's going to do it, but in the NFL, he's got to understand those windows are going to close a lot quicker, but I don't think he's going to have a problem adjusting to that.
1: Uh, 55305, five, better you today, sign somebody came, uh, chiming in. Oregon offense looked good last night because they actually mixed up the play calling to keep the Buff D on balance. They weren't running every down. No, they weren't. They no, weren't. they and weren't.
0: Now, all of a sudden, you saw how that opened things up, and that offense made the defense tired. Oregon's yeah. offense really, man, gassed. Yeah. Colorado's defense and so then it just made things so much easier for them to move the ball again this is the first time you've seen a balanced offense from a royal this is yeah. the first time all season outside of the second game of the, I can't I don't know who they played was it Nevada when they put up 75? The second game yeah, of the season was in, was, in
1: fact, Nevada. Yeah,
0: so, and real, I'm UNLV, so I'm glad. Nevada sucks. Boo. <laughs> so I'm glad they lost. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things. Like, Nevada's not a great offensive or defensive team, you know, by any, yeah. by any means. At least we know Colorado can put up points, and they were able to do that. But the offense completely gassed the defense, and so that's why they were able to get to such a big lead and just continue to work them. And just, uh, again, C.J. Verdell, for the first time all season, Look like a viable option in the in the run game.
1: Well, that's because you had such massive holes open on the line of scrimmage, and I've said this about Verdell even since last year is that he's not not that versatile in between the tackles. Like he he's a back that's going to hit the hole and then kind of just keep going. He doesn't seem to have a lot of patience when he's sitting in the box, which you know that's kind of the trend with running backs. Le'Veon Bell started that a couple years ago, which is once you get the ball and you're reading a zone blocking scheme you want to try to find where the back alley is. You want Mm -hmm. to try to find where you can kind of slip by and you know get a bigger gain, even if you do sometimes kind of have to sacrifice either a loss or a short gain. You're always looking for the home run hit. But with C.J. Verdell, I think maybe Oregon fans just need to come to the conclusion and accept that this is a back who's going to give you three, four yards. He's going to give you the power running game sometimes, but at the most part, he's not going to be your home run hitter. Now, who would have thought... Cyrus Habibi Likio with three scores on the ground would be your guy on offense. Yeah. I mean, you were mentioning it that Herbert only had two throwing uh, two touchdowns through the air,
0: but Habibi Likio ended up being kind of your stalwart for scoring. And if you look at the, the, the box score, he wasn't really killing like that on the ground. 13 rushes. I want to say about 40 some odd yards and three scores. Cause the one thing he was doing, he was a bit of a, a bowling ball. He wasn't going down after the first contact. That's the thick one thighs. thing about burdell thick thighs burdell's going down after that first contact. Mm. Like he, there's, there's never a point to where he's going to keep trucking forward for more. If he gets hit, typically he's going down, but that's not what you saw with a BB leaky. So that might be a really good sign for Oregon as they move forward. All right. Coming up next, the beefs have a big game today. Can they keep this momentum going? We're going to find out, but 1st we'll has sports center. Yeah. Nine 34 on the fan. As we're rocking out, this is a, a nice track. This, I like to work out to, to rock music, and I do. It just gets, gets me jacked. There's Are something you? about it. A little bit. I mean, hip-hop is fun. I love it. But there's something about lifting to, to you know, rock that's... Now see, I'm the opposite. It's more, you know, It's it yeah. oh, keeps me going. I like to lift to
1: hip-hop, but if I get on a treadmill or I'm running or something, I got to listen to uh, EDM.
0: Oh. Huh. Gets the heart rate up. Oh, I get you. You know what I mean? Well, maybe... Maybe your Beavs should try that this evening because uh, they, you know, maybe some EDM might kind of keep the momentum going for them, you know, as they come off a uh, their first Pac-12 win of the season. And now the Ducks have a Pac-12 win, and I think Washington State is the only Pac-12 school without – a conference win? Is that legit?
1: Yeah, that's pretty legit, and that should tell you everything you need to know about what the Pac-12 is right now. And I think that you know you have teams like Arizona State and like Utah, who the Beavs are playing today, that uh, you know are now entering into this Pac-12 play and understanding what the situation is. And that speaks to the coaching. You know, we talked about this in the last segment when we said that. Uh, Mario Cristobal and Andy Avalos, they just, they kind of started to show their coaching chops and they knew when to turn it on in league play. Well, that's what Herm Edwards does, right? He knows the situation. He knows that we're entering league play. This is what really matters if I want to get to a conference championship game or I want to get to a great bowl game. Same thing with Kyle Whittingham. And so if you're the Beavers today, don't hold back the excitement. Hold it back. Please. Just understand. That this is a really good Utah team you're oh, going yeah. up
0: against. Oh yeah. Utah. A really
1: good defense. They're ranked like, I don't know, 17th in the country. I know I gave that stat in the first sports center update that their passing defense is pretty bad, like 73rd or whatever. It really doesn't matter because again, it goes back to the coaching. Kyle Whittingham understands the situation. This is league play. Button that S up and let's win some games.
0: No, yeah, that's man. I mean, I, I really couldn't have said it my, better myself. But I think if you're Oregon State, uh, I think you need as much momentum as possible because yeah. you're playing against this great Utah team. Mind you, this is a team that a lot of people pick to win the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. This is the team that's supposed to be, you know, the one of the Pac-12 teams. that's going. If there was a Pac-12 team represented in the playoff, it was supposed to be Washington or Utah and I think Oregon was
2: Which by the way I was
1: fooled too with Washington Even after the first week with the whole um, What was it now The uh, Who the hell did they play Oh Eastern Washington yeah the the first game of the season I was kind of fooled by they beat the crap out of Eastern Washington and Easton looked amazing Which by the way 55305 On the Better You Today text line How frigging ridiculous was it That they kept confusing Justin Herbert with Jacob Eason did you notice that? No, I didn't. Really. Dude, the announcers at least three times confused Herbert
0: with Eason. From Eastern Washington? Uh, no, from Washington. From Washington. Oh, during the Eastern Washington game? Or... No, no, during last night's game. Wow. Okay, we'll see. Justin Herbert is on the tip of everybody's tongue <laughs> in the Pac-12. He's that good, you know, that where everybody that in games that have nothing to do with him, you know, is being mentioned more than once. And really, I'm pissed if I'm that guy's parent or if I'm, you know, Eason, like yeah, I'm all of a sudden I'm a little upset. You're gonna you're gonna call me our rival quarterback's name? Really? No, I'm saying that there's there's a problem with that. But uh one quarterback whose name you're not going to forget, uh, at least anytime soon is Jake Luton. Uh because so far he's been great for uh for the Beavers. He's the reigning Pac-12 player of the week. Uh he looks to take some of that momentum from last week and you know move it forward. This would be the game that you need. You know, this would go really far for your season. Now, mind you, you're not gonna make. I don't think you're gonna make any bowl games. You're not gonna win six games, no. so that part is out.
1: Yeah, and I think th- there are some B fans that are kind of hoping that the the UCLA game will spark them to at least try to get to a bowl game. Dude, look
0: at that'd the be, rest of your yeah, schedule. It's awesome. not gonna happen. That'd be awesome, but this isn't a movie. You know, this isn't <laughs> this 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 isn't like Little Giants or anything where you know the the group of misfits comes out and beats you know. Uh, Spike in the Cowboys you know it's just it's not gonna happen like that but to be able to say you had a competitive season to be able to say you won multiple games within your conference I think that's huge and then when you look back at your season and you look back at your win over UCLA and you look back at your win over and I'm knocking on wood here over Utah and stuff, like, yeah, there's things to feel really, really good about. And if I'm a, if I'm recruiting from Oregon State now, I can look back at those games and say, hey, we're not where we want to be, but with your help, man, we've already beaten, we've shown we can do this and this. Now, with your help, maybe we'll be able to, you know, do a little bit more. But I think it, it's a good look for you if you do win. So this needs to be your your championship game. You, know, well, you need to play this one like this is the game that's going to get you into the playoff. It's not – it's not going to get you anywhere near a bowl game more than likely. But if you can beat Utah, everything else after that is, yeah, but we beat Utah.
1: And, I mean, yeah, tremendous point because that it, that'll that that'll be the highlight of the year, obviously. You know, beating Colorado last year was the highlight of the year, and that really – I mean, it, it was impressive because you did it on the road, but at the same time it was just kind of like, okay, you got your first Pac-12 win. Great. Um, But – You know, I think also that UCLA win came at an incredible time for them because, you know, I I alluded to the rest of their schedule, which is you got Utah this week, then you got Cal at Berkeley, then you go to Zona, you go to the Zona Zoo to play arguably the best offense in the uh, conference, then you get Washington, uh, which, you know, kind of question mark right now, I guess we'll have to see what happens when they play Oregon next week. You get Arizona State, who's already ranked Washington State, which, you know, you're going to probably get into another kind of uh, UCLA battle that you had, who can score the most points at the end. And then you get the Civil War, where, for the most part, you just kind of hope you can go into Autzen and put up a little bit of a fight. But, yeah, don't think you're going to get to a bowl game. There's not really four more wins in there.
0: No, not really. Not no, really, because... There's if, maybe two. If you look at this defense that they're going to play uh, from Justin Wilcox and, yeah. and Cal, and you're not going to do they're at Cal. You're probably not going to win that game. No. You're not going to go in Arizona and probably win that one. Washington they're not ranked but they're still better verdicts than out. you are right yeah. now. Yeah, and Verdict's out. So, yeah. I mean, maybe Washington State. That's the game cuz again, won't be much defense played. You have two quarterbacks and some receivers and some really some great impact players on the Beavers that can really put up some points on a team that doesn't play much defense. So, I I could say that game could be a shootout. And then I'll, in that case, I would probably still take Washington State, but I I like some of the weapons that Oregon State has as well, so it wouldn't shock me if they went in there and won that one.
1: Um, yeah, and, you know, you want to play the cancellation game and just say that, oh, okay, well, Washington State lost to UCLA. We yeah. beat UCLA,
0: so here four,
1: we should beat Washington State. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, for me, I, I think, again, you know, my whole theory with Jonathan Smith and his career so far is give him five years. Just say, look, you know, if you're a Beaver fan, literally put it out of your head that you're going to have even a remotely successful season for the next five years. Just say to yourself that this is a guy who has uh, pedigree from Chris Peterson, who was an offensive coordinator that now his scheme is starting to show through with good players, not great players. And that now it looks like you're building enough momentum where you could win possibly three or four games in this second season. That's a win, man. And, but,
0: uh, you know, and That's a huge it's win. It's a huge win. But even still, I think Jonathan Smith is doing all the right things you yeah. know, so far this season. I mean, let's be honest. They lost to Hawaii by three points. So a field goal. They lost to Stanford by a field goal. You're looking at an Oregon State team that without a missed field goal or without, you know, if they were able to score points, they're 4-1 right now. You know, and mind you, so the, the two games, the two of the three games they lost were by a total of six points, you know, to Stanford team that which would not went really, really far on your season to say that you're moving the right way. And then uh, at Hawaii, which is the second game of the season, the only game that really got away from them was the Oklahoma State game. First game of the season, home game, you played a, a, a better football team at that point in the season. But a loss to Hawaii by three points, a loss to Stanford by three points. This could possibly Getting be. Getting in a
1: fight with Hawaii at the end of the game. Yeah, you know, but that <laughs> that at
0: least, you know, showed something because they went out and 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 beat the crap out of the team they played the next week. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think we're we're banging on Oregon State and right and not, I'm not gonna say rightfully so because we're so used to it. You know, uh with with Gary Anderson, we were just like, what what I'm sure as a beaver alum you were like man what is happening to my team right now to my school but now i think you-,
1: you were more happy when you saw the civil war win uh, yeah. the ryan nall civil war game i think that you kind of started to have a hope and i think that and again this is why i go back to my point with the wait five years thing is that after that civil war win i think the whole fan base goes awesome six wins next year
0: yeah, I, like, I think that's the way it works. then has to happen.
1: And then when, it, you know, when you go into that next game, uh, or I'm sorry, the season opener the next year when you play Colorado State at Colorado State, you're favored and you get the crap beat out of you. I think it just set this tone and it just destroyed this false expectation that fans had that like, oh, we're going to win six games. Now we're losing to a pretty crappy team. I don't like Gary Anderson anymore. And of course, he had his own problems, yeah. but...
0: You know, he wasn't the greatest recruiter. He I wasn't know. going to get in-state kids. He wasn't and doing And apparently a of not the greatest guy. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, from everything we've heard, it was very difficult to kind of uh, get along with. And so uh, now you've got a, a new regime. You've got uh, a newfound energy under Jonathan Smith. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Beavers as they play Utah uh, this evening, 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Coming up, I believe Will has a Ducks report. Is that correct? Well, that's going to come up here at the break, and
1: I'll just do a little on-air producing there that uh, uh, folks stick around in the next few seconds because there's going to be a Ducks report. But after that, it's good versus evil. Well, well, let's do them both.
0: Coming up here on The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No
1: time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no
0: worries, bro. <laughs> let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave it's time for good versus evil brought to you by the titan of hawaiian restaurants 808 on 1080 the fan uh, what what are your impressions in terms of the nba what's the biggest difference between the college ranks and the nba um you know the score uh, don't really mean much as uh, teams can be down 30 and come back and win So it's uh, keeping the same edge the whole game. So many times for a young player, it's having veterans on the team.
1: That was guy I'm pretty sure I could beat up if he was forced to fight me while he wears loafers, Zion Williamson.
0: Right, right. The next great
1: one played an exhibition game against the Bulls in Chicago this past week. The dude scored 29 points on 12 of 13 shots. All those shots, by the way. We're inside three feet. Bulls guard Zach Levine went as far as calling Zion, quote, the truth after the game. He also scored 26 last night and, believe this, scored his first three-pointer, his first NBA three-pointer. Does a performance like what's happened this past week raise your expectations for Zion's rookie season?
0: No. Uh, I believe Zion is still going to be very good. Uh, it's preseason basketball, though, so you got a lot of guys that are kind of half-assing it right now. You got a lot of stars that aren't playing due to quote-unquote load management. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, there's a lot to to take away from that. But the one thing you're good, what you're seeing is what you're going to get for the most part. Uh, is he going to be 20-something points a game? Probably not. I can definitely see Zion being it. 14 15 and you know 7 8 rebounds a night that's a solid stat line for his rookie year I will say he went up against
1: Rudy Gobert a couple times last night against the Jazz that there were moments you just kind of went oh my gosh yeah. he's going up against the defensive player of the year and just moving him Yeah
0: he's a he would have been the heaviest player in the NBA Last year, his freshman year in high school. No, there's a, that's a real stat. Like they, he would have been the heaviest player in in the NBA last year as a college freshman. So uh, he's that good. He's great around the rim. It's not all dunks with him, and he's got a nice handle that nobody ever likes to talk about. Like he can put the ball on the floor and then move with it. So Zion is somebody that's going to be a problem for a lot of for a lot of years moving forward.
1: So you mean to tell me that a university or a basketball program being accused? by the NCAA of lacking institutional control, lacked institutional control at a, quote, talent show. That was guy who, judging by his facial hair, you would think owns a truck, Jim Rome. The University of Kansas basketball team is dealing with a hot scandal that was sparked by, uh, well, that really just sparked my attention in a really good way. The school's athletic department has apologized to fans for popular rapper Snoop Dogg's awesome performance during a KU late-night basketball event. This past week, the show included some cool curse words and pole dancers. School officials say they were led to believe that they were going to get a cleaner version of Snoop Dogg, to which Snoop Dogg replied on Howard Stern's Stern's show this past week, quote,
0: if you pay for Snoop Dogg, you're going to get Snoop Dogg. Should the Jayhawks have known better? Absolutely, the Jayhawks should have known better. Listen, (laughs) is there a clean version of Snoop? Like, who wants that version? Like, the the kind of neutered version of Snoop sucks. Nobody wants that Snoop. So, yes, what's what's wrong with pole dancers in college? Most of these young ladies in college are on the pole to pay for that. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa. So whoa. a lot of them, not most of them. Oh, my God. You know, my bad. <laughs> a lot of them are. So what's the problem, Mike? When you pay for Snoop, you should know what you're going to get. Was he smoking weed during his performance? What's the problem then? Because I've seen Snoop perform live, and he's blowing trees the entire time. So if he wasn't smoking, I understand there's going to be some Probably some B-words tossed around, you know, in between there. But when you pay for Snoop, you got to understand what you're getting. And on top of that, if we're at college, this is at like Midnight Madness or whatever the case mm. is, everybody there should be over 18. Yeah, Just you saying.
1: would think so. And then, by the way, is there a worse school to pick for Snoop Dogg to perform at?
0: Absolutely. Harvard, <laughs> you know, Berkeley. You know, something like that. But I think even Berkeley would be like, oh, shoot, Snoop, he's from around the corner. So, yeah, so probably like Harvard or Yale or something. I can see them being like, uh, it's a little X-rated for us. The long-held values of the NBA are to support freedom of expression and certainly freedom of expression by members of the NBA community. And in this case, Daryl Morey, as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, enjoys that right. That
1: was guy that most likely eats other people, Adam Silver. If you didn't know any better, there was an actual NBA preseason basketball game, many games this past week. The Lakers and Nets played in Shanghai, China, but it could hardly be called a celebration of basketball since all the media availability was canceled till uh conversations between Adam Silver and Chinese representatives took place. Now, this is all happening because Rockets owner Daryl Morey spoke against alleged human rights violations in China, and if you know anything about global political theory, that's a big no-no to basically criticize China in front of the global media. Do you think that this controversy will end when the season
0: begins, or
1: is it going to hang around a little longer?
0: Uh, I think there's a good chance this could hang around hang around just a little bit longer, just considering how important of a partner China is to the NBA and to the, the world of sports uh, in general. Um, China is obviously a huge manufacturer of most of the NBA's shoes, Adidas, Nikes, you know, whatever you wear. Uh, Anta, I think, is the, the Chinese, um, I, I think I'm saying that right, the one that Clay Thompson is on. So yes, they provide a lot of, you know, uh, services for the NBA and for other major uh, sports organizations. So I don't think this is going to, something's going to go away quite yet. I do think it's something that'll fade down. It'll die down. But please believe there'll be more stories popping up, especially because the NBA in China has been such a huge global ambassador, you know, for the, the growth of basketball. So we'll see, I think it's going to be around for a little bit. It might not be a top story anymore, but it's going to stick around for
1: a while. Well, bit. and I think also that's the interesting dichotomy between having a league that is so centered on freedom of speech and expression, um, but it picks and chooses its moments to say, no, you can't do that. Or no, we're not going to get involved. Now I completely disagree with everything that Donald Sterling was about. Everything. But it is interesting that when he had his own freedom of speech, they decided, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Probably for the best. But again, it shows its head with the whole China situation, which is, if we're going to speak out against the government and then they say they're not pleased, we're going to back out. I just... Find it interesting. I don't see it either. Well, when,
0: well, when it's that much money involved, yeah. that's the reason why. You know, yeah. with Donald Sterling, we can find another owner. And then they've happened to find a richer owner, you know, than Donald that's a Sterling. Good point. So whenever there's that that much money involved, and trust again, man, manufacturers of Nike, of Adidas, of that means their jerseys. That yeah. means the shoes. That's every, like, yeah, that's a big issue if you kind of piss them off. Money talks. Money talks. China's got a lot of it.
1: Uh, Time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from Missouri. Now, check this out. Officials in a southwest Missouri city are planting small flags in piles of abandoned dog poop as part of a campaign to get residents to clean up after their pets downtown. So it's basically this brigade of people who have these flags that read, is this your turd because that's absurd, and they're
0: sticking it in dog poop. So we're going to litter more? you know. So instead of... So there's already the turds on the ground, so let's, you know, draw more attention to it and add some additional garbage by placing small flags <laughs> inside of... Number one, that means you have to get close to the turd and put a physically put a flag inside of it just to make sure people know. So uh, I, I love the idea of making, making people aware because it's really... I'm not a dog owner, right? But I'll see people, dogs, walk past my house with their owner and the owner would just let him take a dump, like right, and and I said I just stand there and watch, just to see are you gonna are you gonna pick that up because yeah. I'm please believe I'm gonna say something the minute you try to walk off and not pick up your your dog's crap. I
1: have respect for you for doing that because most of the time I don't want to get in that confrontation, but uh, you know it, it is pretty infuriating. And to answer your question about the whole, uh, you know. Uh, hey, you're leaving more litter behind because these are flags, and flags are just going to sit there. Apparently, the flags are made of bamboo and recycled paper. I knew it. Biodegradable. So,
0: I mean, I don't know. No, so, yeah, so that means it's good for the environment, I suppose. <laughs> it's still paper, all albeit recycled, but it is still paper, and so I'm thinking about the earth. But, yes, no, so, man, if you're a dog lover and you're walking your dog man it's an awesome thing you're running i'm looking right now at the window and see tons of people running with your dog Mm. but if you see him stop and squat and everything just do do us all a favor do the right thing because if i step in it with my timberlands or with my jordans then guess what we're gonna have an issue just saying so (laughs) all right well coming up next man uh we're going to talk some Blazers. You want to talk some Blazers? Let's get some Blazers and
1: NFL in there because there's some pretty sweet matchups, and I'm pretty sure that if the Browns lose this next week, um, something really bad's going to happen. Oh,
0: let's talk about it. Let's let's start with NFL. We could talk Blazers for the rest of the hour, but let's talk NFL. Uh, and also Antonio Brown's going through some, some more stuff where he wants back in. I don't think he's going to get it, but that's coming up next right here on Center on the Saint, on the fan. Okay, picture this.